Lord, thank you for being here tonight. God, I, I, we're, we're in heaven, Lord. I feel like you're our hope as we've been singing. We thank you that, God, you are our miracle maker. And, Lord, you can do the impossible in our lives. And so as we get into your word, help us to grow in our faith, to trust in your word and in your promises even more because, Lord, you are the promise keeper. So, Lord, I pray that you would touch your word tonight, that you would anoint it with your Holy Spirit as we study it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Many years ago, it was reported that this armed robber came into this Louisiana church. It was actually in New Orleans on Easter Sunday. Uh, Fifteen minutes into the service, this gunman wearing a mask held a gun to a member's head. He then ordered another member of the church to go around and, quote-unquote, take the offering, receive the offering. And, and so he went, he, uh, they went around threatening everyone, and everyone had to give their money. But when he left with his bag of loot, everyone in the church heard him grumbling that there were too many $1 bills. Interesting. Maybe that's all they had. Or maybe that's all they were willing to give. It's like how, I heard this joke, how a well-worn out $1 bill and a $20 bill arrived at the Federal Reserve to be retired. The $20 bill reminisced about his travels all over the country, all over the world, all over the country. And he tells the $1 bill, the 20 he says, I've had a pretty good life. I've been to Vegas and Atlantic City, the finest restaurants, performances on Broadway, and even went on a cruise to the Caribbean. So tell me, said the $20 bill, and he looked at the dollar bill and said, where have you been throughout your lifetime? And the $1 bill replies, oh, I've been to the Methodist Church, I've been to the Baptist Church, the Lutheran Church, And then the $20 bill interrupts and says, what's a church? (laughs) So you get it, right? Hey, but as we continue in our study through the book of Philippians, we find how the people of the church there in Philippi did not hold back in their giving. And so God does not also hold back his giving. So this church had what what I say, the heart in giving or the heart of giving the heart of giving that's the title of our message tonight the heart of giving we're going to be studying philippians chapter 4 from verse 14 through 20 tonight 14 through 20 i think it says 19 that was a mistake we're going to go all the way to 20 and our outline tonight is this we're going to see three things number one the blessed provision number two the blessed proceeds and number three the blessed promise. So let's begin here. The blessed provision. The blessed provision. Again, Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be covering verse 14 through 16 in this section. Um, So take a look with me here with those three verses, beginning at verse 14. And it was yet, it was kind of you, uh, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Verse 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Then verse 16. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. And we'll stop right there. 
So we begin with the Apostle Paul writing on how grateful he is for the church's help. That's really the idea here. He says in verse 14, it was kind of you to share my trouble. In other words, he sh- he sh- uh, it shows their heart in how they gave, on how they helped Paul here in the worst time of his trial, when he, when he was in going through a lot of trouble. Now, understand this here. In the Greek, the, the, this, this phrase is kind of lost in translation in verse 14. Paul is like deeply touched, that's what he's trying to say, in how they were always there for him and how they never abandoned him. So it really is moving his heart here. And in the original Greek, it, it just, in our English translation, doesn't really say as much uh, emphasis as what we would like. But that's really what's going on here. Then Paul looks back 10 years now, when he first came to the city of Philippi, when he first came and witnessed to the Philippians there in the church, when at the beginning he shares the gospel, when he shared the gospel with them, and that's what we see in Acts 16. It was from that point when the church was born, the people actually started to financially support Paul. And even when he left Macedonia, which is the area of Philippi that Paul mentions here, people were still giving, and the church was still receiving this offering for Paul to give to him. So even when no church other than these guys were supporting Paul, they were there for him. That's what really touches Paul's heart. They kept giving again and again, even as Paul traveled all around, even ministering in Thessalonica, which is Acts 17, the chapter afterwards. So here's the idea. The Philippian church never stopped supporting Paul, and for that, Paul's so touched and grateful here. And that's what he's coming into. That's what he's saying in these three verses. To him, this is the blessed provision. Yeah, even though these guys gave, it was God providing for him through their giving. And he's so touched all around in how they gave and continue to give to him. Now, I, I want you to look at verse 14 one more time. Notice the first word. It's Paul writes, yet, yet. See, Paul had been writing right before this about the secret of contentment. That was our title a couple weeks ago. Uh, of how he found in Jesus his contentment. And we saw that in verses 10 through 12. If you missed it, you can catch the podcasts or even uh, what we've archived on, YouTube, on our YouTube channel. So no matter, remember, you're saying, I'm content, even if I have a lot, if, even if I, I have a little, even if, you know, there's, there's plenty around me, even if I, I have nothing. He's content because he was content in Jesus and he was content with whatever he had. And then last time, if you remember, we saw in verse 13, right above verse 14, right? The title of our message last week was the strength for all things. Paul found that no matter what circumstances, Jesus would give him the strength to get through it, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, he writes. And so with that, he did not stress. He didn't get anxious about these situations, but he was content in any situation because he knew God took care of it. He knew God had a plan in it. He, he knew God was there for always strengthening him. So he was content, even those situations. Even now, remember, as he's writing this, where is he? He's in jail, right? So after all this, Paul writes, yet. In other words, 
it's, he's saying it's not that your sacrificial gift, that, that giving didn't mean that much. That's not what I'm trying to say. That's not what he's saying, Paul is saying. Yeah, what I mean to say is I'm content even times of need or Christ gives me the strength to keep going in times of trial. But even though he's okay in all of this, what he means is, no, all that they gave helped him more than you. That's what he's saying. It helped me more than you know. It, 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 it's, it's, it means the world to me. So that's what Paul's putting forth here. So Paul is deeply touched in this, the heart of giving of these Philippians. So the point here is this. No matter where God sent Paul, the Philippians never stopped their support. No matter where God sent Paul, the Philippians never stopped their support. Every January, uh, a secretary at the old church I was on staff with uh, in uh, California, she sends me a birthday card. And uh, Pam J is her name. I'm always so touched, you know. Every year, I mean, even after all these years, uh, even after 15 years, it, it just, it moves me, it touches me. Oh, you know, because usually, you know, usually it's like that saying, out of sight, out of mind, right? So if it's not in front of you, you forget about it. I know that's me. I don't know about you. I've opted to go paperless in a lot of my bills, right? And so um, I don't even see it, you know, hardly anything come in the mail anymore. And if I don't get, like, this email or some sort of notice, yeah, um, especially with the automatic pay stuff, I just, I totally forget about it, you know, that it's even there. And I forget about paying, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But not the Philippians. Not them. They never forgot about Paul. They continually supported Paul. They continually showed their love and loyalty to the Apostle Paul. That no matter where God sent Paul, the Philippians never stopped their support. You know, what, what touches my heart really is our own church. I mean, uh, m- w- even though we, we had to stop meeting, you know, months ago with this whole coronavirus pandemic, you know what? The church, you guys, the body of Christ, our Ohana, Church Ohana, kept giving. And I was really blessed about that because we'll have these pastor meeting and, and we'll be talking via Zoom too. And we were talking and they were talking about that. And I'll tell you, a lot of the pastors, a lot of the Calvary pastors in Hawaii, we would have a meeting. And they were saying the same thing. They experienced the same thing that they're a little worried, but... God is faithful, and the people were faithful. And, and what's great is that in this faithfulness, as we give, right, God uses that faithfulness as we give to the ministry. God uses that to provide. See, in the Philippians' faithful giving, God provided for Paul, and that's the way it worked. And God was touched by that, and that's how things work. See, when you give as led by God, You're being used by God to help the ministry of God. Think about that. And that's how ministry can, in a practical way, keep going on and on. So when you give, you're actually God's instrument, God's tool in in that way for ministry to happen. The pioneer missionary to China in the 1800s, Hudson Taylor, once said, Depend on it. God's work, then in God's way, will never lack God's supply. Amen to that? Listen, God uses you and I to accomplish all of this. And so our faithful and continued support of the ministry 
shows God that, you know what? We have that, the heart of giving. All right, let's go on to number two now. The blessed proceeds. The blessed proceeds. We've seen the blessed provision and now the blessed proceeds. We're going to, here in this next section, we're going to cover Philippians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. But first of all, take a look with me here on verse 17. It reads, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Now stop there. Paul here now clarifies that he's not saying this to get some more money like some of the false teachers would do. Yeah, I'm not saying this, you know, like, oh, I'm so blessed with your gift, like, because I'm seeking more money from you guys. No, no, that's not, not that I seek more gift, more, no, that's not what I'm sick. But what blesses him is that their giving brings fruit. And that he seeks that kind of fruit, the fruit that comes out of their giving that he describes it here in verse 17, that increases to their credit. Now, that phrasing there, and even in the original languages, is, is poised in like a financial terms. It's like saying your giving to support the ministry is actually an investment into eternity that will pay out with benefits of blessings when you reach heaven. So there'll be a return on that investment as you give to the Lord. So notice here, Paul wasn't concerned about himself. It wasn't about him, oh, give to me, or yeah, you know. No, his joy, his blessing that he, he was seeing here was as they gave, they were investing into eternity. They are investing on the return of a reward that they will receive in heaven. That's where he found joy. See, their giving to Paul's ministry actually benefited in their own eternal rewards. And, and this is to their own profit. This is the blessed proceeds. That's my heading. <laughs> this blessed proceeds that there's a return on this investment when they give. Now you remember, Jesus said this in Matthew 6.20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So what are we to do, right? We're supposed to lay up our treasure in heaven. This is what they are doing. As they gave, helped and supported Paul, helped the minister. You know what? They were laying up their treasures in heaven for that return their investment, investing in heaven, eternity, and return to them when they're in heaven as rewards. So laying up churches in heaven is the best investment you can make. You want a tip? Your investment tip? <laughs> Lay up your treasures in heaven. That's the best return. And also, as he goes on, verse 18, their gift not only benefited them, but it also blessed God. Look at verse 18. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So Paul goes on here. Now, these blessed proceeds, they're even a blessing for God. These prophets, this return, is actually what they're giving with their investment. It actually blesses the Lord too. Paul says, first of all, what was given by the Philippians is full payment. You know what he means by that? He's saying, he's saying, you know, look, I'm not asking for more. Um, actually, what you've given me was, was full. It, it was great. It was perfect. And even more so. You even gave more than I needed here. And Paul, Paul is saying, look, I'm well supplied now as 
Epaphroditus, remember I talked about this a few weeks or so back, that Epaphroditus had brought the support from Philippi to Paul in the Roman jail. And so that's what he's mentioning here, that Epaphroditus brought this gift. Hey, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I even have more than, than I need. I'm well supplied now. It's kind of like, um, you know, we, nowadays we, we've been stocking up when we go Costco. I told my wife, we're going to do three weeks, maybe four weeks worth of, of buying here. Ooh, it costs a lot of money. But it's hard, you know, when you eat a lot of it, it only lasts a week. Yeah, no, just joking. But Paul's saying, look, I'm well supplied. And so Paul says, look, I'm good. I'm all right. But let me add this to you. Let me add one more thing about this gift. Let me add one more thing of what Epaphroditus brought to me. It is actually, he says, a fragrant offering. That's that sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. You know what Paul was referring to is the picture of the priest bringing the, the sacrifice to uh, the altar and offering it up to God. And as the, 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 the meat, yeah, <laughs> the beef, you know, burned on the altar, it, was, it smelled good. Right? It was a barbecue. Think about the sacrifices there. Yeah? Or the lamb. It, it, it was a sweet-smelling sacrifice to the Lord. So Paul was, was referring, to, referring to the sacrifices offered in the Jewish temple. And the giving of their sacrificial gift to Paul was actually a spiritual worship to God. It was an act of worship to the Lord. And Paul's saying, you know what, guys? Even though you gave it to me and you gave it sacrificially, you know what? You're blessing the Lord. It's a sweet-smelling sacrifice to Him. So when the Philippians gave their support to Paul as a blessing to God, which was another benefit to their giving, it was another blessed proceed. I like something what uh, Warren Wiersbe said in his commentary here. He said, Here, Paul sees the Philippian believers as priests giving their offering as a sacrifice to the Lord. And I want you to take that in. I know I mentioned it, that this is what Paul was saying, but that's what we are like. We are like the priest bringing. When we offer, give our offering, when we uh, give our, do our giving, you know, it's like we're the priest giving our offering in sacrifice to the Lord. And you know what? This was a sacrifice for the Philippians. They weren't a wealthy church. They weren't rich, you know. They had to pull it together, and they gave in sacrifice. And to the Lord, that was a blessing and the proceeds there was a blessing to the Lord. And so, isn't that what we do? We do that as priests. We do that to the Lord. So Paul sees in the Philippians' gift, their heart of giving, that, and this is our point, the gift not only blesses the Lord, but helps further the kingdom of God. The gift not only blesses the Lord, but helps further the kingdom of God. So there's this dual thing going on here, and that's what we see in this passage, that God's blessed, but also the, the, the giving helps to further God's work. The support was, remember, an uh, investment, an, an, an internal profit and rewards for the Philippians. The proceeds um, would actually bring people into the kingdom of God. And so think about this. The Philippians were investing in the eternal lives of people just by their giving. Let me kind of give you this, uh, help you picture it in this way. I heard a story about a man named uh, John Raskus who gave $300 to the church. And as he put the money into the bag, it was, as the bag was going around, 
He put $300 in and he said, I'll see you in heaven. People around him thought he was senile. He goes, people are saying, you won't need money in heaven. Why are you saying that? Now, the church accountant used some of that $300 to pay the electric bill of the church. Some of it went to the pastor so he could buy gasoline for his car. And some went to missions overseas. Well, early one morning, this elderly man, John, died in his sleep. He went to heaven, and in heaven, a guy came up to him and said, Thank you, Brother John. I was cold and lonely, and it was a dark night. I saw the lights of the church. Just to get out of the dark, I went in. While there, the darkness left my soul, and I found Jesus. Another man came up to him and said, Thank you, Brother John. As I was at the gas station, the pastor drove up and filled his tank. We talked, and he told me about Jesus. That was when I gave my heart to the Lord. Next, a group of people came up to John saying, Thank you, Brother John, for sending the gospel overseas. We came to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior as you supported the efforts of the missionaries. And so, you can see, this man, John, was blessed in how... $300 of the earth were transformed into treasures of heaven. So you see what goes on here. I like this. What a good picture of how our giving not only blesses the Lord, but helps further the kingdom of God. So know this when you give. Know this, that that it's it's an offering to God, but not just that. You know what? It is being transformed into treasures of heaven. The kingdom of God being further. All right, let's go on to number three, the blessed promise. The heart of giving we see of the Philippians, we see the blessed provision, the blessed proceeds, and now the blessed promise. The blessed promise. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to finish up these two verses in our section tonight, verse 19 and 20. But first, verse 19. And my God will supply, will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. We're done. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, that's such an awesome verse, isn't it? If it isn't already highlighted, I'm sure you're, you're, high, you know, you're going to highlight it. You're going to underline this one. I mean, we've come to one of the most famous verses in Philippians and even all of the Bible. See, the Philippian church, right, as I mentioned, they they weren't wealthy. They didn't have a lot, and they sacrificed much in their giving. And you know what? God saw that. And God's going to honor that by supplying their needs. And and I want you to see this. Notice how this verse, 19, flows in context of what all that, what Paul was saying, yeah? Their heart of giving, how much they gave and how much affected, you know, Paul's ministry and supported him, how much they're laying up treasures in heaven. And then it flows into verse 19, you guys. This is the context of this verse. Paul, Paul is saying that, look, after, you know, we see your heart of giving, after I talked about that, we, after you see the kingdom of God being furthered, he's saying, look, and you know what? After all your sacrifice and giving, my God will supply every need. Paul is saying, know this, that as you give generously to God, God will give back to you generously. That's his heart of giving. Paul really here, he, he reiterates a biblical principle that we find all over in the Bible. Listen, 
to this. Proverbs 11.25 says, Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Or how about this? You guys know Malachi chapter 3, right? The Lord was, was uh, ex- uh, exhorting, right? Israel, because they weren't tithing, they weren't giving, right? And he, he was like, you guys are really stealing from me. And then in Malachi verse 3.10, God encourages Israel by saying, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, that thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more Need. You see how Paul, what Paul is saying in verse 19 is really a principle in the Bible if you connect it to these other verses. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For, Jesus said this, with the measure you use it will be, the, will be measured back to you. So this is a principle of the Bible. As we give, God gives back. As we give, God gives back even more. And this is what Paul arrives on here. This is what he lands on here after talking about all the giving that the Philippians have done. All the fruit that is, that is coming out of it. And now he says, you know what, guys? You gave sacrificially. You gave your all. But guess what? God's going to give back to you. God's going to supply all your need. We know, right? It's impossible to outgive God. And so you see this context. Paul's like coming to this point like, hey, guess what, guys? You gave, but I'm excited to tell you, and you guys know, my God will supply every need. Know this that as I'm talking about this, even you know, when we've fallen short, God still gives us, right? God still does provide with his mercy and grace. And this still can be for all of us the blessed promise. Now, I want you to see three things here of this blessed promise. And we're going to see God will surely supply. Number two, God has plenty supply. And number three, God can now supply. And that's three things we're going to see in this verse. Number one, God will surely supply. God will surely supply. What does it say here? Paul writes, my God will supply, right? What is he saying? It is God's promise to provide for you. My God, this God I know, the Lord God of the universe, you guys don't know, and I know, Paul's seen it in his own life, that he will, underline will, supply. He will. You know what? Think about it this way. Would God put this into his word if he's not going to do it? Would he put it in there like because he's playing with us? You know? I'm going to trick you here. No, it's in here because he will supply. And his supply, God's provision includes what? What here? Every what? What does it say? Every need, right? All our needs, right? Not one need is left out. It's not like, well, um, I'm only going to maybe help you out 75%, you know. Or, sorry, you, you hit the 89.9%, that's it, you know. Or 99. No, 100%. Every need, the ESV says. God's love is for you, for his children. And so 
He knows your every need. He's, he, he sees your need. He cares for you, just like you know, we do with our own kids. We, we look, we, oh, what do they need? We make sure they have it, right? We don't play with them. Ah, you need this. Ah, too bad. Can I eat tonight? You know, kind of thing. No. He, the Heavenly Father, knows every need, and He's going to provide every need. He's going to take care of that. And notice that He says, every need. Sometimes we pray for things we don't need, right? <laughs> like our wants, right? It's our needs that are promised here. God in his wisdom knows exactly right, what we need. And he can differentiate from our wants or our needs. But sometimes he blesses us with our wants. So thank you, God, for that. <laughs> but for sure, he supplies every need. It's been said, God promised to provide for every need, not my greed. <laughs> I like that. Know that even if you don't see it, according, you know, like things don't come according to our timing or, or maybe the way we like. Understand tonight, God's saying here, He will supply for every need. Know that. Secondly, God has plenty supply. God has plenty supply. God will surely supply and God has plenty su- supply. Paul says next, he says, God will provide according to his riches in glory. In other words, his bank account is the eternal wealth, right, of heaven. I mean, that, that's got to be enough for our needs, right? It's, it, it's infinite. It's more than you. It's beyond that, right? For every person in this whole world, every need that there is. There's no bottom to the supplies. He never runs out. It's not like, oh, sorry, no more money, you know, and pulls out pockets, you know, and they're empty. No, he will never run out or not have enough for you. Know that. Notice the promise says, according to his riches. See, if a wealthy person were to give you $25 toward your need, that would be $25 out, right, of his riches. But not according to you. But if that real wealthy person were to give you $25,000, then that would be according to his riches. In other words, God gives... Uh, uh, consistent. He gives consistent to what he has. His supply for your needs is generous. It's hearty. It's not skimpy. No pocket, you know, kind of attitude here. No, all the way. So know that God has uh, plenty supply for you. So God will surely supply. God has plenty supply. And thirdly, God can now supply. And I really like this part. Then Paul adds this. At the very end of verse 19, in Christ Jesus. This king of abundant provision can, um, uh, this, this, this kind, excuse me, of abundant provision can only be because of Jesus. We can only receive this because of Jesus. Because we're believers, because we come to Christ, because we've been forgiven, because we have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, because there, we have access to Jesus and to God. This provision is available. God in his mercy does supply to anyone. But I'll tell you what's for sure. Where sin separates, Jesus reconciles. And where Je- who Jesus is reconciled, God has made him his child. And who is his child, God will surely take care of his own. 
Listen to what Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So you see, God will surely supply. God has plenty supply. God can now supply. And this promise is for you tonight. Do you hear God? Do you hear God speaking to you? What does it say? My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so no wonder Paul breaks out in praise, our last verse, verse 20. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen? And we need to do that, you guys. If God has provided for you, we need to give God glory. If, if God has come in there right at the right time, we need to give God glory. So our last point is this, and we kind of sum it up this way. Without a doubt, God will fully provide for every need his children have. Without a doubt, God will fully provide for every need his children have. I end a believer study Bible. I really like how they, they laid uh, verse 19 out. Uh, they, the Believer's Bible, Study Bible, put it like this. My God is the name of the banker. Will supply is the promise to pay. Every need, the value of the note, according to his riches, the capital or the amount in the bank. In glory, the address of the bank. In Christ Jesus, the signature at the bottom of that check. I love that. That's the way to picture this, you guys. So, will you put your... Trust in his promise. Are you in need today? Will you put your faith in what God is saying tonight? I mean, sometimes we, we, we give, right, when we have extra, yeah? Uh, oh, I got extra and we give, right? But sometimes we, we, we give even if we don't have a lot. And sometimes God has us give a lot and we, don't, we still are in need. But know that when you give, you can trust God that he will supply and make up any lack. God will keep his word. I want to close with this. Close with this. Um, before um, Kristen and I were, uh, were married, I was um, teaching guitar lessons. And, um, uh, you know, our friends in our youth group were getting married right out of high school. But we felt like God wanted us to wait till like, after college and and uh, and so we were going with that plan. We felt what, what the Lord asked us to do. And and uh, I remember um, finishing up some lessons and stuff and driving home. And all of a sudden, I started thinking about all this. And I started thinking about getting married. And, and the Lord already showed us we were to be married. And, and all of a sudden, I started getting worried. Like, how are we going to do that? You know? Well, there's no way. How are we going to live? How are we going to be out on our own? You know, and all of that. And how can we afford to get married? And how can we live? And I just started getting all worried and anxious. I couldn't see it and everything. And as I prayed, as I cried out to God, He spoke to me. And, and He asked me, How are you doing now? And I thought, Well, I'm okay. Living at home, eating fine, you know. Um, have clothes, yeah, I'm okay. I have my own car. I'm able to pay for my own gas and insurance. I made enough just, you know, to survive in that way. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Well, you know what the Lord told me? He said, well, when time comes, when the need is there, I'll provide for you. He was telling me, you're okay, I'm providing for you, right? Everything's fine right now, right? Oh, 
Okay, yeah. No worries. And that gave me peace. And I'll tell you what. God provided for our college years. God provided when we got married, huh, somehow. God provided for our first apartment and with our jobs and everything. God provided with cars we ended up having to get. Car, uh, God provided for the first condo we bought, the second condo we bought. I remember we were talking about, oh, I don't know how we can afford kids, yeah? God provided with our first child. God provided for Kristen to stay home. And I was, I, was, I was the only person making a living. God provided, we had our second child, Jared. God provided, we had our third child. God provided when he came here and started this church. God provided for college for our kids. And I thank God every day that God provided this miracle that we were able to buy our house in Pukulani a couple years ago. Let me tell you, as the needs came, I look back and I see Philippians 4.19 come true in every way. Listen, this is the God who loves us. This is what Paul says. This is what Paul says the Philippians will see. The God who provides, that's his heart to give. And so, you know what? That's you and I have that same heart. Let us all have the heart to give. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your provision as we look back even on our lives. Even today, we're here. We're alive, God. We're we're. Um, We have clothes on our backs, Lord. We can eat, Lord. We have our vehicles. We have the places we live in, God. A roof over our heads. Lord, you are a provider. And even if we're facing a lack or a need or or whatever's coming our way, God, you are faithful and you will provide. And so, Lord, as we give to you, we know you will give back. As we give to you, and maybe even if we're not giving like we should, you still give through your mercy and grace. So, God, we look to you in all hope. We look to you in trust and faith, God. And we thank you that you make a heart to give in our hearts because you have the heart to give. And we praise you and give you glory in all of this. In Jesus' name, amen.